Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan Jr. And it's me, Rachel and Lindsay. COVID. Before anyone starts asking, okay, before any, before COVID, 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 COVID. Yes. Yes. COVID. Well, what people are going to ask next is, how are you feeling? There are levels to COVID. I, I feel like last time you had it, you had it pretty bad. You and I both had like really strong symptoms. How are you feeling now? I mean, your voice is gone. We know that. Um, but how, how physically are you? Um, like a really, really bad flu, like super bad flu. I'm breathing okay right now and all of that stuff. Um, feeling better this morning than I was yesterday. If it was yesterday, I wouldn't be able to do a podcast. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. Maybe you're on the other side of it now. Could be. Guys, Could man be. is a trooper. Man, I would probably be in the bed. But he is a trooper. He is here, ready to podcast, ready to go, drinking a little OJ. You don't even look sick. You don't look sick at all. Yeah, you know who is sick is the Dallas Cowboys. Wait, come on now. Come on now, man. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be, you know, I'm yeah, feeling a little yeah. tightness in my chest. Yeah, I'm nigga. feeling a little, I don't want to be here. Come on now. We, if this, we did this yesterday, I could see it. It's Tuesday. What? We don't need to do this. We, no. we have 24 hours of cowboy slander. What I don't need I, to do this. What did I tell you the cowboys were going to do to you? What did I tell you? What did I tell you, you the love, cowboys you were going to do to you? You love being a troll. Disappoint? It, what, not spectacularly. It was amazing. How do you feel? How are you feeling, Rachel, about the Cowboys? Be honest. It's okay. We all know. I am going to be honest. Mm-hmm. Your trolling was so bad that someone screenshot it and put it in the, my fantasy football chat. It was like, Van won't leave Rachel alone. And I didn't even respond because I was like, it's, I'm getting it from all angles. You hit me up on Twitter, your stories, and an actual post to your page. People were bothering me that would not have because of your trolling. You are a top-notch troller. So here's the thing. I'm going to be very honest. I'm tired. (laughs) Guys, I might cry when I say this. I have never said this out loud before. (laughs) I am so tired as a Cowboys fan. It's not even funny anymore. It's not our year. Next year is not our year. The year after that is not our year either. I I saw a stat and I think, I've forgive me if the number's wrong, but it was like whatever year to 95, our record was like 31 to 18 for the playoffs. Since 1996, it has been five and like 18 or five and third, something like that. (sighs) I just don't understand what's going on. I mean, obviously it starts from the top. The right decisions aren't made. I'm sick of hearing what a master Dan Quinn is, who he's great coach, but then our defense just, we play zone, we leave people wide open. Like it just fell apart. It looked like high school football, I don't know who to point the finger at, but I can tell you this. I'm going to be silent next season. They might drive me to not watch football next year. I'm so depressed. Because here's the thing, and I've said this before. 
I'd rather us just suck and there be absolutely no expectation than to have these 12 win seasons or and we go to the next level and completely lay an egg. I would much rather, I don't like getting my hopes up for anything. I am more of a pessimist. I like to prepare for the worst. That is me. But for some reason with the Cowboys, I go against what I do. And I say, this year, we got it. This year, we've got the team. We've got the coaching. We've got the heart, the confidence. We ain't got shit. Mm-hmm. I can't say it any better. I'll tell you one thing. That young light-skinned man was dealing out there. That young light-skinned boy came Jordan? into Texas. <laughs> that boy was out there dealing. That might have been the game of his life. He's throwing people up. You know, it was... Okay, so we can move off of it because we got to give Donnie his his time to shine if we're talking about football and stuff. Just to let you guys know, my people are nowhere in it. The Saints are at home. LSU, no, nowhere in it. So this is like completely little brother shit. But there was one where the game was kind of still in flux. And I actually had... They schemed up the tight end sneaking out of the middle up the right sideline, and this motherfucker was wide open. Uh, that was hilarious. I'm sorry, man. This motherfucker he was caught it like this. wide <laughs> like, open. He didn't even have to I'm catch like, it pretty. <laughs> I, I was like, yeah, that's when I lost it. Like, it, it they totally... We quit. Sk- it, that's when I lost it. I was like, this nigga is wide open. And the Cowboys fans, and it was just, it was just tough. Donnie, pop on. Yeah, I'm feeling the opposite of Rachel. I'm sorry. I feel real good. That's twice, Donnie. That's twice now. It's been a good football month for me. Uh, I feel like that what happened to the Cowboys was karmic justice for what happened to the the Lions against us. We deserve that That number two seed. That game didn't even matter. It would have. If we had won, which we did, we would be in the position which we are currently in, having two consecutive home games. It just felt like the universe, like, right in itself. So I'm feeling good. Everything is right in the world. So normally we're aligned. We're aligned, Uh Donnie, but not today. Oh, oh, Donnie, jump back on real quick. Donnie, (laughs) jump back on real quick. I just got to ask you one one thing. Yeah. So Jomi at dinner on, do you know who that is? Yeah, I know Jomi. Okay. So Jomi caught a little flack for a tweet that he had. Um, uh, Did you see this? I did. He was the tweet. uh, Matt Stafford. Was the Lions goat? He, something about the Lions, or you say it. You know it better than I do. The Lions, Detroit booed Matt Stafford. Of and course. Then according to Kelly Stafford, they booed his kids as well. They don't give oh. a fuck at Detroit. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, that's what she says. Donnie. I mean, if the kids are with her, exactly, they're, not, they're booing her, not the kids. And by booing her, they're booing her husband. Like, it's not her, it's the jersey she's wearing. It wasn't wearing. the kids. No, it wasn't the kids. Um, it's because the kids that. were there. Yeah, And I guess Jomi is a Rams fan and took this personally. And he said, how dare you boo your goat? <laughs> and he was talking about Matt Stafford. No, 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 no. Jo- uh, did did Jomi forget Jomi? about Barry? Did he forget about Barry? Jomi's younger, though. I mean, you don't even have to know football <laughs> that well to say right. Barry. And he was around when Calvin, what? Calvin, Calvin Johnson, mm-hmm. uh-huh. I would argue. Megatron. Is, exactly. Yep. Stafford. 
Yeah. Jo- said, what, what does Jomi have to say for himself? <laughs> yeah. They got on Jomi ass. Kevin Clark. <laughs> 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 Kevin. Shout out to Kevin. My man, Kevin don't even work the ringer no more. Kevin was like, huh? Like, <laughs> Barry Sanders, like, no. Jomi so, brought that on himself. It sounds what did like. You, what, what do you think about Jomi's assessment of who the GOAT of Detroit is? I was going to say that it was showing Jomi's age, but I forgot Megatron only retired like less than a decade ago. So I, I don't know. I don't, it's just Jomi not paying attention to Detroit sports, which I think is just what the world normally does. Like we, they pay attention to Detroit sports in moments like this when we make history. But we're kind of like the, the news yesterday for the most part in the world of sports was the Cowboys losing and not the, the Lions winning for the first All time right. since 1991. So, bye-bye, I mean, Donnie. Tell Joey to stick everybody. to the MCU. Tell Joey to stick Bye-bye, Donnie. The, oh, the, the Lions winning for the first time since 1991. Look, it happens. Like All Cowboys fans out there, we're not going to spend too long on it. It happens. Just maybe, maybe it's time to eat a little bit of the pie that tastes like humble. I don't know. But Rachel, well, what, what we gotta be, what we gotta be humble about? Go. <laughs> like, what, seriously. I, and and I, I'm a little. I just get annoyed with Dak. The way he took up from McCarthy, and I'm not saying he should have gone in there and been like. You know, we got to he's obviously not going to say fire his coach, but for him to be like, well, you got to throw me out, too. I'm like, throw him out. <laughs> throw them both out. Mm. The Eagles shit the bed, too. Yeah. Where was their defense? They were missing tackles like crazy. <clears throat> At least they were missing tackles. We weren't even tackling. They were just wide open. Well, a lot of losers out there. And not exciting teams moving forward. Sorry. Detroit, I'm actually excited about. That's that. That's okay. fun. They're fun to watch. Yeah. Fun team. Uh, a lot of losers in Iowa, too. Iowa caucuses. <laughs> Trump fucked them all on the other side of this break. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, Trump sweeps the Iowa caucuses. He won, they called it about 30 minutes in. I think (laughs) this is wild. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it wasn't very much suspense to the entire thing. He won uh, at least 20 of the 40 delegates. DeSantis took eight. Nikki Haley received seven. The big story coming out of this 
It's a tragic one. Vivek hmm. Ramaswamy has suspended um. his presidential campaign. What? Vivek, why? How do you feel about it? You're such my, an advocate. My guy, man. My guy. Like, I wonder what is he going to do now? What can he do now? He's going to be on uh, Tucker Carlson's Twitter X platform, Fox Nation show. Is he going to be one of the biggest conservative? Pl- Where will the grift go now? I thought he was going to grift all the way to the White House, but I don't know now. Rachel, your thoughts about Trump strengthening, strengthening his hold over the GOP president, Joyce? Well, I was watching something and obviously, if you could have guessed, we would have said Trump was going to win. The fact that he set a record in the margin I think he got 51% or something like that. The fact that this was a the lowest vote, voter turnout ever, I think says something about both sides just not well, the being weather excited. Was, the weather was terrible. Oh, was it the weather say. terrible too? The weather okay, was, okay, okay. It was a, like a winter storm. The weather was So do you think that terrible. was it or do you think that people are just like disenchanted with on both sides? They're probably disenchanted, but it was unprecedented winter weather as well okay. in Iowa, okay. so we should say that. Okay. Um, but when you look at the history of Iowa, even though we suspected that Trump would win, Iowa historically has not necessarily been telling of who ultimately becomes the pre- um, the nomination or receives the nomination on the Republican side. Uh, they were there was a thing where they were going back and forth, like the year Trump won, Ted Cruz won Iowa, so. It shows Trump's hold over Iowa, but is it reflective of Trump winning the nomination? He's going to win. But is it reflective of Trump winning overall? I don't know. Not necessarily. There were, this was not a surprise to me. I know you were surprised Vivek was out. That wasn't a surprise to me either. Um, It really wasn't telling with Nikki Haley or uh, DeSantis either. So, I mean, this just, Trump, Trump is Trump. It just shows like there was no, there's no shocker to me in this, but the shock, I guess, I guess I take it back. The shocking thing to me was the statistic was the telling part that whoever wins Iowa does not necessarily get the nomination on the Republican side. The more, I guess, compelling narrative here was second place. Nikki Haley has been surging in momentum. National polls show her uh, ticking ahead of Ron DeSantis. However, she lost last night. She lost. Um, He polled ahead of her slightly. uh, Yeah. 21%. She was slightly behind. Was it 20 or 19 or something like that? It's very close. And that is still significant if there is any volition to the idea that Donald Trump might not be able to run because of all of his legal problems. The the question is, who is the politician in the glass case for the Republicans? Is it Nikki Haley? Is it Ron DeSantis? I think, it, it, you know, he is able to move ahead of her whenever there's a binary choice because she's so stupid. And I'm sorry to say this. She's such an idiot. Like, they just, she's dumb. Mm. I'm just being honest with you. And I'm, I'm, they just asked her, Donnie, do you have the clip 
Yeah, uh, I'm pulling it up now. Yeah. Rachel, I'm, I, you've never even heard this clip. No, I haven't. I'm I waiting. want you to I want you to tell me what you think. We're gonna do uh Rach reacts. Rach reacts. Mm-hmm. Playing something and Rach reacts. Rach reacts. Rach reacts. We're all hoping that Rach attacks. Okay. <laughs> um we're gonna we're, we're, we're gonna that was just off the top of the dome, niggas. We're gonna I'm gonna play something right now. Donnie knows what I'm about to play. And you tell me where she fucked up here. Rach reacts. Let's go. Are you a racist party? Are you involved in a racist party? No. We're, we're not a racist country, Brian. We've never been a racist country. Our goal is to make sure that today is better than yesterday. Are we perfect? No. But our goal is to always make sure we try and be more mm-hmm. perfect every day that we can. I know I faced racism when I was growing up, but I can tell you today is a lot better than it was then. Our goal is to lift up everybody, not go and divide people on race or gender or party or anything else. We've had enough of that in America. That's why I'm so mm-hmm. passionate about doing this. I don't want my kids growing up where they're sitting there thinking that they're disadvantaged because of a color or a gender. I want them to know that if they work hard, they can do and be anything they want to be in America. Rachel? So America's never been a racist country, ever. Never. 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 But you faced racism. But you grew up facing racism. Now, I guess she's trying to say that that was a one-off and not as a whole. But it was racism is a learned behavior. And you learned it from this from people in this country. Never. Nikki, never. I think these Republicans get so caught up in speaking in platitudes, except for Trump, that they don't even know what they're saying. It's so disingenuous that they have no idea what they're saying. Now she's going to have to go back and say, that's not what I meant. What I meant is it's not as racist as it was back then. And we have to move forward and do better. We're better then. We're better now than we are then. That's what she's going to come back and say. She probably will. She'll probably come back and say that. I misspoke. Well, you miss speaking a lot. It's it's so easy here. No, <laughs> right. one even, no one even asked her if America was a racist country or had been a racist country. They asked her if the Republicans were a racist party. Right. Now, I don't expect her to say that the Republicans are a racist party, even though I'll tell you right now, unequivocally, the base of the Republican Party is racist. And in order to be a force in the Republican Party, you have to coddle, protect, and empower voices who are deeply, deeply racist. What you can't do as the head of the Republican Party, it doesn't matter who this is, It doesn't matter who this is. Take your most moderate, what you would think the least dangerous Republican, the guy that you like, still has to walk in rooms in places where they have no interest in equity or in quality and be viable to those people. And because of that, there is a racist DNA inside of the Republican Party that until there is a purposeful effort to root it out, will exist there, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what she was asked, and I don't expect her to say, yeah, we're racist. You know, just say, no, we're not a racist party. But then she said, America's not a racist country and never mm-hmm. has been. That's never. her talking to that base that you were, she, she needed to get that out there just so they know. So was America racist when the rape of a black woman was legal? No, was because it was, no, because it was legal. No, oh, 
<laughs> is that that's racist? The, that's, <laughs> that's, but that's, I feel like that's what she's saying. Is, was America racist when you could take somebody's kids away, when you could whip the shit out of them? After that, let's say after that, was America racist when you, it, it was codified that you couldn't vote? That it's a law. Who you could marry? It was kind of like, was, was America racist when you couldn't buy Lent? All of this stuff was law. It's law. It's just, yeah, it's not racism. It's legal. It was racist. <laughs> it is racist. Of and course she knows it's, And she knows it's racist. She knows it's racist because if it wasn't racist, she'd be, she wouldn't be Nikki Haley. Which your son, it was illegal for your son-in-law to marry your daughter. For them to have biracial children. I don't know if they have children yet, but in the future. Yeah, I didn't hear that from Nikki Haley, but... Um, get ready to do so an wait, apology right in here. Who's more Haley. dangerous? Let's just say this. Let's mm-hmm. just say t- Trump um, is not able to run. Who would you rather? Who's, who's, better, who's the better person to run against Biden and has the better chance of losing? <laughs> it's Haley. It's Haley. <laughs> Look, here's the thing. As, as I'm putting it up, I'm like, it's Haley. <laughs> uh, before we get off politics real quick, uh, the Biden-Harris administration put out this, this little thing. Um, it's like, a, hey, this is what we've done so far. Okay? I'm going to read it off to you, Rachel. You good okay, with read it? it to me. Major accomplishments 2023 of the Biden-Harris administration. 2023, year 2023. This is not for the entire four years. So year 2023. Tackling inflation and lower costs. Allow Medicare to negotiate lower drug prices. That means a lot. Cap insulin at $35 for seniors and helped millions save on health insurance. Tackled the climate crisis. Created 210,000 new clean energy jobs in just over a year. Protected millions of acres of land of waters. Signed an executive order to advance environmental justice. Invested in America and created good jobs announced 33,000 infrastructure projects across America, invested in roads and bridges, improved airports, high-speed internet, clean water, and reliable transit and rail, sustained an economic recovery that created 2.5 million jobs, including nearly 200,000 construction jobs, protected access to reproductive care, took action to protect uh, access to emergency medical care, abortion, and contraception strengthened privacy protections for patients and doctors defended in court women's ability to access medication and abortion. Made America safe from gun violence. Safer from gun violence. Created the first ever White House Office of Gun Violence Prevention in American history. Funded an additional 14,000 school-based mental health professionals. Announced a new executive action. So new executive action to keep guns out of dangerous hands. Made education more affordable. Brought the total student debt cancellation of $132 billion for 3.6 million Americans through various actions. Launched the most affordable payment repayment plan ever, the SAVE plan. Helped 700,000 people access public service loan forgiveness. Invested $7 billion in the HBCUs. Strengthened democracy, home and abroad. Stood up for our allies and partners in Israel, Ukraine, and across the globe and strengthened our alliances around the world, spoke out against discrimination, racism, <laughs> anti-LGBTQI hate, pushed for stronger voting rights, confirmed high-quality judges. On President Biden's watch, the Senate confirmed 
166 life-tenured federal judges confirmed a record-breaking number of Black, Hispanic, and AANHPI judges. Rachel, in light of the conversation that people are having around President Biden and Kamala Harris and their accomplishments and their chances next year, does a graphic like this and information like this move the needle for you? I mean, for me, I already know what I'm doing. I think it's good for them to list out their accomplishments. I think the disconnect is, I read all that and I'm like, wow, that's a lot. But people don't feel it. Like, it, it, you've done things, but it just feels like on an individual level, I don't feel it. Particularly the last two. Strength and democracy at home and abroad. It says spoke out against discrimination and racism and anti-LGBTQI plus hate. It's great that you speak out, but uh, there's a huge call for people to, for you to do something. And I know you could say Congress is prohibiting it and I've said all that too, but that's the kind of thing that people want to, they want to see, they want to feel because it's so, it seems to be so prevalent in our country. Confirmed highly qualified judges. That's great. But are they, but they're not on the level for the people who are setting the law of the land. It's yes, this is who you pluck from to eventually become Supreme Court justices. And they are super impactful, but district appellate Supreme Court. We're feeling it from the Supreme Court. And although it's great that you put these judges in place, they aren't the ones that are sitting making the law of the land where we feel it, where we feel the effects. So I feel like that is the hard part or what people are desiring from the Biden-Harris administration that they just don't feel like they're getting. I'm not saying that they aren't doing anything. Obviously, this list shows it, but it just doesn't feel that way. So there's a conversation I've been having with a lot of different people. And the conversation is about feelings. I feel like it's an important conversation. I was having a conversation with someone that was telling me how dangerous things are across the country and particularly in New York. I'm on the phone with this person and I say, hey, now you keep telling me how dangerous things are and I'm going to point to statistics that tell you that that's not true. Mm-hmm. That crime is down, Right? We got into a long conversation. We got into a conversation about how they have been feeling like it, things were super dangerous even in 2019. 2019, which the NYPD said was one of the safest years on record, right? So I can tell you right now that if you're not living in a couple of different pockets of the country right now, your crime is going down. That's just a fact. Now, if you don't feel safer, then we have to talk about how long it takes for somebody to feel safer. If you're in a specific neighborhood, you might never feel safer. Mm -hmm. If I, I was just left Baton Rouge talking to the mayor and doing all this stuff, probably where I got, where I picked up my little friend right now that I'm dealing with. Um, in the mayor's office, shout out to uh, Baton Rouge mayor, Sharon Wesson Broom, shout out to Courtney, uh, shout out to everyone down there that brought me down. And we, we talked, Martin Luther King Jr., Weekend opened it up. Hold on, it was amazing. When you move throughout 
the community there, you talk to people on the ground, they tell you what works and what doesn't. And they tell you right now if there are 250 murders in Baton Rouge or if there are 150 murders in Baton Rouge, they can feel the difference between 150 murders and 101 murders and 120 murders. But you might not be able to feel that difference, right? Because all you know is that somebody got shot at the Mall of Louisiana. So the question is, when you say feel, how do we inform an electorate when their feelings matter and when they don't? I know. Like, how do you, I mean, because really there's a point to where you tell me right now that the country is just getting more dangerous by the day. And I'm like, well, that's not true. And it's just not true. Sure. I can't say that you don't feel that things are more dangerous, right? It's just not true. You might feel that things are more dangerous because you have an access to crime that you didn't before. You might feel that things are more racist because you have an access to racism that you didn't before. You might feel that things are more sexist and divided because you have an access to sexism and division that you didn't before. How are you supposed to think that shoplifting and property crime is going down when someone sends you a video of some kids running into a mall in Los Angeles or Minnesota and taking everything out of there? How are you supposed to think that it's down? Well, guess what? It is down. It's just down. I don't know what to tell sure. you. I, I, it's down. So I think <clears throat> there has to be, and even more so than now, because all of this stuff that we're talking about, all of this information is being weaponized. We have to be able to get to what's actually happening. There are a couple of things I'll say about this list. Number one, I am just fucking surprised to see the Gaza war in anywhere on. on this list. No, 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 no. It is on. They say, uh, like, helping out. I'm just, uh, I'm just, something that politically divisive, I'm just surprised to see that on there. Where like, is it? It's, I read it, it's all the way down there. It's like, it's helping out our friends in Israel and Ukraine. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm super surprised to hear them put that on there with how that issue has been mismanaged by the, by the administration. Oh, there it is. Okay. I, I mean, mm-hmm. they, they, they don't have, a clear vision, a clear plan, a clear narrative for Americans. They don't, they can't explain the the nuances. They're not politically nimble enough to make the case to Americans uh, about what's going on over there. They're just not. They haven't done a good job of it. So to put it on there, that's static. It's very, it's very shocking to me. A lot of the other stuff is good stuff, but it, 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 it's all good stuff, right? It's all good stuff. Yes. But the question to your question, well, I mean, no, the question is, do you wait for people to feel it or do you make them feel it? You know what I mean? You make them feel it. But can I also just say, I would imagine that this list was created from where they think they're doing the best to where they haven't had as much impact. That's oh, just I don't my think guess. That's the case. I just think that they no. I don't, that's, they probably, that's, it's not a. It did, no, no, because it starts off with like more things that they've done. They've got specific numbers, and then it's kind of like spoke out, um, done, did this, you know, brought student. You know, I, I don't know. It's just it, that's how I'm reading it. But I think another thing is, if you ask, and this is in no way minimizing the things that they done, they did, they've done. If you asked voters. What is important to them? 
like you, the top issues of where you want to see change, because this is where I think that they would feel it. They're not going to say climate crisis. Well, major, majority of voters are not going to say that. I mean, here's the thing. That's the Thanksgiving dinner uh, fallacy, right? So let me ask you a question. Thanksgiving dinner. What's your favorite Thanksgiving food? What's your favorite Thanksgiving food? Ham. God damn. <laughs> God damn. Like, that, for real? I love ham. It's a big Honey baked. Hunk. Slices. Just, just, but it's still a big ass. I mean, so just pork, just a pork situation, just porking it up. God. Mm. Okay, ham. So that's your favorite. <laughs> that's your favorite thing. Okay. Let's say you go there and you got your heart set on ham. The ham is going to be there. You go there and there's no ham. Mm-hmm. How good would everything else have to be? to make you okay with the fact that there is no ham. That's what you're talking about. So if there's no ham, how good would the greens have to be? How good would the stuffing have to be? How good would the cornbread have to be? How good would the mac and cheese have to be for you to be like, hey, there's no ham, but the rest of this meal was so good that I don't care that the thing that I came for isn't here, right? If you mm-hmm. if you love turkey and you, you say, hey, we're going to have a great turkey, the turkey's going to be there. There's no turkey. Mama didn't bring the turkey. Madea didn't bring the turkey. She didn't make the turkey. How good would the other stuff to be have to be for someone to say, hey, but we brought you some mac and cheese. We brought you some yams. We brought you some all of this. Look how good everything else is. What people don't understand sometimes, and, and, and I, I don't want to stay banging on the administration, but I just need everyone else who feels I know that there's a lot of fear, guys, but everybody feels so girded up in the fact that um, uh, that weakening Biden and Harris makes Trump a more present danger. I, I want people to understand what the thought that's trying to be crafted, the thought that's trying to be crafted is there is a way that people are and then there's a way that people aren't, right? And the way that people are, when you talk about the word feeling, that's what we're negotiating right here. We're negotiating if people feel like they got what they paid for, if they feel that way, right? And if you go to Thanksgiving dinner and the turkey isn't there or the ham isn't there, the big hunk of pig, you might still get a good dinner, but you won't feel like you did. Because the thing that you came there for wasn't there. That's why you have to be careful about what you run on and what you say you're going to do. Because yes, yes. Th- because that becomes an albatross that hangs over the rest of your administration. And that's my and that's my point. I'm not saying what I was saying is I'm not saying the climate crisis is not important. What I'm saying of is, yeah. of course it is. But when it comes to the people who your base or the people who are voting for you or the voters you're trying to attract asking them what their top three things are that are important to them. And then if that's not on this list of things that you have accomplished or things that you have done or that you're actively trying to do, that's where people don't feel like things are being done. I guess that's what was my point. 
they're not, most people aren't going to say, most voters aren't going to say the climate crisis is number one for me. And mm-hmm. then it's, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so like, to your point about what's looming over Biden because of what he ran on in 2020, what he promised his base, the base that turned things around for him, people don't feel like they're getting what they need. So although this list is extensive and it shows just in one year what this administration has been able to done to do, we don't feel like it because it's not the things that we specifically asked for at the top of our list. That was, that's what I was um, And once again, when we say what were what 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 was specifically run on? We have to be honest about it. It's the the actual amount of student loan forgiveness. It's the George Floyd <coughs> Justice Policing Act. It's voting rights. We're talking about specifically the black people and other people, but there are other things too. There's codifying road. There's a couple of other things out there that just kind of um that didn't that that didn't get done. There were these huge issues that were these gigantic blowbacks uh in the face of the administration. I'll say this though. If if I'm then, there are three things that I'm saying. Number one, this country is in better economic shape than it was when I got here. Fact. Number two, this country is safer. Safer. It's safer than it was when I got here. Fact. Mm-hmm. And number three, we're creating jobs at an unprecedented rate. Those three things are true. Now, those three things you can message to, whether or not you feel like those things are true yet, has to do with how long it takes to feel things and the messaging coming from uh, the administration. We stayed a little bit too long on politics. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Pat McAfee. You like him? I don't really listen to him. Don't dislike him. I, I just... I obviously know who he is. I know he's super popular, but I don't listen to him. Donnie, what do you feel? How do you feel about Pat McAfee? I liked him as a punter. Uh, <gasps> as an analyst, and he was fun. He had like a lot of personality. I was working at NFL Network when he was punting, and I cut this music video of him that didn't get used because he's a punter. But right, as God. an analyst, yeah. I don't really listen. 
you know, Donnie, I like him on college game day. I like him on great, college game he's day. He's great on college game day. He's great on college game day. Uh, there was this thing that happened on college game day. It was hilarious. Lank, let a naysayer know. Um, I'm not going to play the whole thing because if you didn't see it, then you missed it. Okay. <laughs> but maybe we will play it. Go ahead, Donnie, play Lank. Jalen Milrow often wears his own branded apparel reading Lank across the front. It's an acronym that stands for Let a Naysayer Know. Being told by his former offensive coordinator, that Bill O'Brien. That is not what I thought. Is that not what you thought? Boy, let a naysayer know. Let a naysayer know. Of course. The professional's right in the middle of his <laughs> lead. That's all right. I just keep I thought going. you almost lost me. Hey, man. Real tight up here, as you were. Reese, you were too smooth with that. I thought it was going down. I thought it was going down out here. What did they say? That's funny. That's like hilarious. Yeah, it was funny. That's funny. That's hilarious. Pat McAfee thinks that this is as close we've come to recognizing Dr. King's dream of anything else that's happened in America. All right. Uh, this is Pat McAfee from his show on Monday. Right, we'll talk a, a little bit more about some of the stuff that Big Mac is going through. Uh, <laughs> but run it. A discussion, obviously, is Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah, yeah okay. He had a dream! And I think uh, Lank was one of the closest we have had to potentially that dream coming yeah, to fruition. Right. So let's realize that as we look around that we're maybe more close than we've ever been. And there's an election about to take place next year where we need to remember that we are more close than we've ever been. And people could potentially try to drive us apart from the outside looking in. Now, as somebody who was canceled by both parties last week, yep. mm-hmm. both well, of them canceled right. me. Thank you. Two. Two two political parties canceled me last week. We are still alive. Let's remember, we don't need all the outside noise. All we need is a little bit of love. Hell yeah. Which is what we have for all other people that have good intentions every single day whenever they wake up just like us. Now, with that being said, football is awesome. Oh, that's enough. Okay. Uh, so, w- w- backdrop here. Backdrop, 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 backdrop. Pat McAfee has been having Aaron Rodgers on the show Quarterback Tuesdays for a long time. As Aaron Rodgers has gotten increasingly wackadoodle, <laughs> there have been uh, a lot of people who have uh, criticized Pat McAfee for his lack of pushback, for his allegiance to Aaron Rodgers, platforming of Aaron Rodgers. I don't give a fuck about what happens between Pat McAfee and ESPN. He's not a huge ESPN deal over there. He uh, can call out whoever he wants at ESPN. I don't give a fuck about the executive of ESPN. So that part of it I don't care about. But, you know, there are people that are wondering, you know, what the fuck is going on with with McAfee? He's doubled down on his support for Aaron Rodgers, even when Aaron Rodgers out of nowhere called Jimmy Kimmel, whatever. Um, And like just where McAfee fits in that whole thing and his enabling of the misinformation that comes out of Aaron Rodgers' mouth. Then you have that situation that comes on uh, the Pat McAfee show, show on Monday and people were annoyed. Yeah, what I was looking, because I don't listen to Pat McAfee, McAfee um, I see him now on college game day. I know he was, 
you know, YouTube streaming and had, had landed this huge massive contract show, with, massive show, huge landed this huge contract with ESPN, which also a lot of people were upset about because a lot of people got let go. And it seemed to be that they were doing that, at least in appearance wise, to pave the way for Pat. Um, but when I was looking at the comments under this post, because I'm I'm trying to understand where people stand on Pat, because I don't have a deep history of who he is and the things he said, a lot of people seem to say, this isn't surprising. This is something, this is who Pat is. People were calling him Diet Joe Rogan. People, and I don't know enough about his history and the things that he's talked about to know whether or not that's true. What I felt like when I saw this clip was that he was trying really hard to get to a certain place. He wanted to talk about being canceled and he wanted to somehow talk about let's all get along and love. And he tried to do that by reaching back to a moment that was very funny and to say like, you know, I'm assuming, because I'm reaching here because it was so weird and not funny if he was trying to be funny, but saying because they all laughed about something about this, that they all kind of came together. And that's the dream of Martin. I don't know. I'm trying, I'm grasping at straws here, trying to figure out what he was saying. But to me, it was disrespectful to Martin Luther King Jr. and what his dream actually was and what he actually stands for and the things that he fought for all in the vein of having trying to get this joke across and to make the point that you were canceled. The fact that it's Martin Luther King Jr. Day and you as a white man on one of the biggest sports platforms that has an eight figure deal is talking about your issues, making yourself a victim on a day that means so much to so many people and signifies blackness. You made it somehow you made it about you as a white mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Bing, ding, 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 ding. So, uh, number one, obviously being canceled, uh, saying that you're canceled by both political parties while you're on a Disney show and blah, 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 doesn't make any sense. Um, I think this is what he was trying to say about the like thing. What he was trying to say is, hey, this was something that was racially tinged and we all laughed about it. There have been a couple of issues, excuse me, incidences of that over the last couple of weeks. Rashard Mendenhall's black-white football game where he said, hey, do the Pro Bowl, and it's all black players oh. against all white players. Will Compton from Bustin' With The Boys comes up, and he does a whole rundown of how he feels like the white players would fare. It's hilarious. It's funny. Something that's actually, you know, coming from Barstool, you're like, oh, my God, this is going to be fucked. But then it was actually funny. Bustin' With The Boys is a funny podcast. Like, you know, you know what I mean? So it's funny. Once he did it, everybody had a laugh. Laugh. Excuse me. Take um, time. The same thing with Lank. Everybody's up there. Everybody gets the joke. We're all laughing together. And that feels Reese good. did not get the joke. Reese did. <laughs> Everybody except for Reese. Right. Everybody except for Reese. <laughs> it feels good to laugh together at something that's racially tinged in the least bit. Okay. Um, see, but this is the thing, though. The line between cool white boy and annoying white boy is so thin. Man, it's such a thin line. It's such a thin line between that's a cool white boy and like, what's up, dog? 
Like it's such a thin line between cool white boy and annoying white boy. We've seen this. We've seen Justin Timberlake be right there and then fall over it. Right? We've seen it. Uh, there's too <laughs> many examples from the past of God. Ah, this, yeah, this one of the nah, you fall over the thing, and it starts to happen when this entrenched fucking shittiness kind of peels out. Somebody hit me and they were like, why is this so offensive? I'm like, it's not offensive. It's just fucking annoying. Yeah. It's annoying as shit. Dr. King, fuck Dr. King's dream. Fuck the dream. I'm sick of the dream. I've been sick of the dream. Fuck the dream. I know too much about Dr. King's actual life to care about the dream anymore. I know that that was his dream. That's not my dream. My dream is not that you look at me and think that I'm equal to somebody else. I couldn't care less whether or not you think I'm equal to somebody else or judge me by the content of my character or whatever. My dream is you kick me in my ass, I kick you back. That's the dream. And that dream can be made a reality today. I don't need to change hearts and minds for that dream. That dream can be made a reality today. Him talking about Dr. King's dream, talking about Dr. King with some goddamn internet thing that happened on his show is preposterous. Dr. King lived having his life surveilled by the FBI with anxiety, like away from his family on the road. All of that stuff, right? All of that stuff, Dr. King's life was about, he was a doer, a thinker, a disruptor. Got nothing to do with no goddamn, if you're going to talk about Dr. King, to Rachel's point, don't make it about yourself. Talk about Dr. King and not Pat McAfee. This is the thing that we know is the problem with a lot of the white people that we share our community with, is that they can't move to the side and actually prioritize anything other than themselves. By the way, not just the white people. Hey, straight black man here. Boom. Sometimes I think I'm the most important guy in the room. I got to save the black community. I got to go and I got to do it alone. And I don't want to do It's It's a thing. It's the main character syndrome that you can't get out of the way of because the world has been has told you that you're more important than somebody else. It's just annoying. It's not a big deal. It's just annoying. It's, it's, all, it's Martin Luther King Day, and you're using Martin Luther King Day to talk about your problems with executives at Disney. You can't step aside for one moment and just be like, hey, blah, blah, blah. There was an opportunity to take that whole length thing and make it into something. Hey, you know what? It is cool that we all laughed at that and nobody got mad and all of that stuff. But he used it as an hors d'oeuvre to talk about himself which mm -hmm. is so often what happens in these situations. It's like, you know, uh, I I decided I wanted to be here to help out the the boys, uh, the black boys situation of Harlem because, you know, my entire life, I just wanted to do more. And I wanted to see people eat because of what I, I, I. What about the little black boys and girls that you're helping? Maybe you should talk about their lives while you have the mic. The whole thing it was annoying. Once again, the thinnest of lines is between cool white boy 
an annoying white boy. You just want a lyric away. You just want tweet away. So it, it, it's it's comfortable, right? It's when they get they're cool and then they get too comfortable, and that's when they fall off. Yeah, that's it, what happened. It, it, Length it happens. was fine. It was cool. Everybody was praising. The, oh, this is why I like oh, that. Funny. This is what I'm talking about. Pat's the only one to bring this up. Nobody else would have said anything. Got comfortable. Yeah. Everyone loved Length. Now, he brought Length back up again. Bro. Too much. I want you to think about this. Think about this. Dr. King organized the Montgomery bus boycott. Dr. King, Edmund Pettus Bridge. Dr. King, Voting Rights Act. Civil Rights Act. Pat McAfee said the realization of his dream was a funny moment on ESPN. <laughs> this is how important these people think that they are. They blew this motherfucker's brains out. For, okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to go off, you know. It's not, no, don't I, do it to yourself. You're a little under the weather. Just, just, just yeah. not today. Yeah, not today. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker. You'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Uh, not another church movie trailer. Um, <laughs> Jamie Foxx plays God in not another church movie. Uh, let's give us some audio from the not a, to church. The church is the black church is under fire, guys. Uh, not another church movie. Play the audio. This is usually my day of rest, but uh, I'm feeling like something. Hashtag Holy Davis. Holy Davis. Feeling very blessed today. Well, hey there, Counselor Fairy. It's actually pronounced Harry. It's Taylor. All right, they can't see it. They can't see it. Cut it off. <laughs> yeah, you gotta watch it. We gotta watch the trailer. It's a it's a movie that's making fun of black church movies. Rachel, what's your opinion of black church movies? No. It's not making fun of black church movies. It is literally making fun of Tyler Perry. The entire thing. And that's why it caught my attention. Because I, I mean, even the person's name is Taylor Ferry. The entire thing. It is not about black churches. This movie, you guys go out and look at the trailer yourselves, but it's like a scary movie. And yes, it is making fun of a bunch of religious type movies, but they all seem to be Tyler Perry. They are even naming titles within it. There's a Medea type character in it. And then there's the Tyler Perry character. I mean, it is totally a spoof on Tyler Perry. And I don't know, I don't know the law around mm-hmm. this, but I don't know how, I don't know if, it's a parody, how, but how it you is, don't know the law. It's parody. It's fair I, use. It, this, right isn't my, this isn't my type of law, but it's right. but it's so Tyler Perry. It's parody. They might as well it's just fine. call it's, him Tyler. I know, parody. but I'm yeah. just. It's just. I wonder how it will be received, just in light of like 
stuff about Tyler Perry and the way that he's beloved. I'll say it that mm-hmm. way, the way he's beloved. I just wonder when I watch this, I thought, are people really going to be upset? How will this movie do? Because it's clearly a bash on Tyler Perry, a parody, whatever, on Tyler Perry. So I'm surprised, man, because when you look at the cast, you got Jamie Foxx, Vivica, Jamie Foxx, Vivica Fox, Tisha Campbell, Kyla, Tyler Pratt. You got Lamar, Lamar, Lamar Morris, in it? Jasmine Guy. Like, they, they brought Mickey Rourke into it. That's interesting. So you, <laughs> it's like, normally a lot of these people wouldn't want to piss Tyler off. It's interesting. So either it's not going to be very scathing um, or he signed off on it. I, I, I don't know. But a lot of these people, Tyler's a very, very powerful guy particularly in Black Hollywood, a lot of these people wouldn't want to piss them off. But I'm going to be honest with you. There's something happening to where it seems like Black America is trying to, for some reason, turn the page on its cultural standards. And what I mean is like, it seems like they're trying to turn the page on Oprah. They're trying to turn the page on Tyler Perry. There's like a, and I don't know what's up with it. It's, there seems to be this, um, it, it, social intellectual rebellion against some of the people that have been stalwarts for like a long time. It's like they want different. Like even all of the stuff <coughs> that was like ruthlessly made up about T.D. Jakes, everyone was so anxious to believe it. Everybody was so anxious to say that it was true. I just wonder what the fuck is going on with that. Like what, what's the thing right now it seems that there's this confluence of events mm. where black people are trying to, because in this entire Taraji thing, which we really haven't talked about that much on, on the podcast here, the, the number one person that they wanted to blame for all of that was Oprah. They wanted to blame Oprah for it. They didn't want to blame the studio as much. They didn't want to blame the production companies as well, much because remember, there are other people that were on that production. There was Quincy Jones was there. Steven Spielberg was there. Scott Sanders was there. There's a lot of other people that were there. But the number one person they wanted to blame for all of that was Oprah. Well, I think that's because you're, you have to couple that with Monique's allegations. Monique said similar things. Monique didn't do the press tour for Precious because she wants she was demanding certain things or she felt she was entitled to them and wasn't receiving them. And she says that Oprah and Lee Daniels blackballed her. And so now when you have not that Taraji is getting blackballed, but there was the social media clip that went around that showed that seemed to show Oprah not having contact with Taraji after Taraji was outspoken in a similar way to Monique. So, of course, people are talking again. They're like, oh, this isn't a one off. This seems to be something that Oprah is tied to. So I think people mm-hmm. are hanging on to that. And then how does Oprah respond? She sits Taraji down and has a conversation with her because she needs to nip this in the bud because it can't be another Monique situation. So I don't think people would be coming at Oprah as much if it wasn't for the Monique situation because people are not talking about Taraji without also referencing Monique. And Oprah Hmm. is a common denominator in both of those situations. But I do also think in regards to like T.D. Jakes and just Black churches, it's a different generation. And the way our parents' generation felt about church. It's just a lot of like institutions or traditions that have existed within our society. The way our parents' generation felt about it versus the way that we feel about it. They seem to stick to 
what you were supposed to do. You were, you know, their parents taught them this. And that's exactly what they do, where it's a different generation where people are like, I'm not really buying into that. And I feel like that's what this movie reflects or hmm. quick to not believe everything that they're necessarily told. And because I think also people, I also think people just relish in the downfall of others, which also seems to be well, something that exists so in our society. You can actually talk about the church movie itself, which I don't really even feel like is that big of a genre to make. I guess it is to make a whole not another about. But yeah, the fact bit, that if, the fact that it's clearly a send up of the Tyler Perry movie, that's very pointed. That's very pointed. And it's it's interesting. I, I'll have to watch it to see kind of um to see kind of how they went with it. But the reality is that it's like Tyler will fuck you. Fuck over you. Should be very Donnie, clear. Donnie, 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 Donnie. <laughs> like, please. Like, please. I'm editing out. <laughs> no, leave it, leave it like that. Okay. <laughs> leave it like that. Fuck over you. Like he'll like he'll he'll like he is he doesn't like his name being played with. He doesn't. He doesn't. He does not like his name being played with. And to see this happening, I'm almost certain that when we see this, it's going to be a lighthearted send up. Because uh, for some of these people, I just don't think that they would want to they would want to cross him. But look, I have no shortage of criticisms of the black church. It's not that I don't love the black church. I love the black church for, for being the institution that it is and that it has been. I would just say if the black church is going to set cultural rules for black people and set cultural parameters for black people, then it needs to get give something back to black people. And by the way, I'll say this. When I said that, I did, a whole bunch of black churches reached out and told me everything that they do. Yes. Maybe we should have a more robust conversation. Rachel, you you were into that. You were having a conversation about that. You you, you like the black church. You, you're one of their shields. So we were having that whole conversation. Uh, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough to it's tough to have the conversation about uh, religion with black people because oftentimes uh, religion is just another cultural that's used to separate us. Right? Lil Nas X comes out and he 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 offends people, and a lot of people are clout chasing. A lot of people that I've never heard mention God or talk about God or doing anything like that with God who say all kinds of crazy stuff or telling him what he should and should not be saying. It's a clout chase. Clout chase off Lil Nas X is what mm. people are doing. Most of y'all. 90% of the people that have a problem with Lil Nas X did a clout chasing. Nine out of 10. Nine out of 10. Most of you are clout chasing. And even some of the ones of you who do do the work, you're still clout chasing. Just want to have something to talk about. Because I'll be honest with you. Like what? Okay, Lil Nas X did what he did. So what? Like, so what? Mm. It's between him and God. That's you it? Been, like, between him and God. So what? That's it? I mean... You want to... If you want to... If you... I challenge everybody out there talking to God, talking about God to, to do this. I challenge you, all the people out there talking about God, stop using God as a substitute teacher, as an assistant principal in charge of discipline. What I don't hear enough from any of you is what God and faith and submission and order will do for people's lives. 
all I hear is a bunch of disciplinarians running around with this holy ruler smacking people on the hand. It's a new version of fire and brimstone. All I, I hear just is thinking that. <laughs> don't do, don't do, don't do, don't do. What about do do? What about what does God <laughs> do for people? I'm sorry. It's fine. It what happens. about what about doo doo? What about what 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 does a relationship with God? What does fellowship with God? What does fellowship with other people? What does it do for your life? You know, like, well, what does it do? How does it enhance? What does it mean to fellowship with the creator of the universe? All of that. If y'all ain't doing that, if you're just jumping in when it's time to talk shit about people, you're whack and you're clout chasing. All right, I'll, I don't have any podcasts left in me, guys. I'll tell you what. You gave us a full hour. You did well, Van. Thank you, Rachel. You did. I appreciate that. What, what Rachel, so now, oh, I, wa- I do want to say something before I go, before we go. So, uh, COVID, me getting COVID stopped us from being able to have somebody on this podcast who I really respect. His name is T.K. Kirkland. He is an OG of mine, one of the best comedians in the world. Uh, I want to have a conversation with T.K. about the state of comedy, about comedians, about the psyche of comedians, about the back and forths that, that are going on right now in comic circles. He's He says, he speaks from his heart. He brings a lot of wisdom. You're not, you're probably going to, find clips where you're definitely agreeing with him and clips where you're going, man, this brother is keeping it a little too real. <laughs> but I can t- I'll tell you one thing for him. He is as funny as deadly accurate as uh, unabashed and untainted a voice as you'll hear. Uh, back in the day, I remember I told TK, I was like, I think I want to get married, man. He First question, he was like, how much money you got in the bank? It's the first thing he asked me. Like, like first, first thing he asked me was like, how much money you got in the bank? And just proceeded to school me on the real world ramifications, what it means to actually be like a man and a husband and all of those things, right? Uh, <clears throat> just talk to me about it. Just talk to me about it, right? Um, and we've been trying to get him on the podcast for a while. It landed up, it lined up that he was going to be on the podcast right now, a couple of weeks after everything that, that Kat said, and we wanted to have a black comedian, a well-respected black comedian on here to kind of talk about the entire thing. And then I get COVID. I want everybody to take the time to go support something that TK is doing and, and, and look up an interview. Um, I just look the way he lays his shit down. Uh, if you come back, and you're tickled, you probably will be. If you come back and he pressed you a little bit, that's probably going to happen too. But we cannot wait. We cannot wait to have TK Kirkland on this podcast. We really can't wait to have him on. And I'm so sorry that I got sick. And shout out to his his representation, Amir. Um, and, and we definitely will do that pretty soon. Uh, I just, I, I woke up Saturday, had the whole usual thing. And then it hit me yesterday. It's like, yo, should I, should I see if I have it? Should I see if I'm down? If if I if I Surprise, have Surprise, it took you a day. You know how you are. Well, I thought just so I had a little cold, and then but and, you and know, then I got you run to a doctor. I do, and then I got walloped on Sunday night 
and Monday morning. And then I took it and said, boom, COVID. Then, you know, then I called the doctor and I was like, do I need Paxlovid? Do I need all that stuff? <laughs> all right. All right. I'm out. Uh, take the caps off and do not stop learning. I'm Van Lathan Jr. I'm Rachel and Lindsay. Bye, guys. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.